Okay, if we're going to recreate this old pic of us that mom posted, we've got to get the outfits right. Well, for some reason, I can't find gauchos with a matching shrug anywhere. Let me try on my Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. I just use the S Pen to circle the outfit in the post, and bam, five sites to buy it from right here. Shut up. How did you... You shut it. Mom's coming. Cute outfit. Get me one. <laughs> circle it, find it. With the new Galaxy S24 Ultra and circle the search with Google. Upgrade now at Samsung.com. Internet connection required. Results may vary based on visuals. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. Welcome to the Indie Film Hustle podcast, episode number 27. I hate television. I hate it as much as peanuts, but I can't stop eating peanuts. Orson Welles. Broadcasting from the back alley in Hollywood, it's the Indie Film Hustle Podcast, where we show you how to survive and thrive as an indie filmmaker in the jungles of the film biz. And here's your host, Alex Ferrari. Welcome, guys, to a Thanksgiving edition of the Indie Film Hustle Podcast. I am your humble host, Alex Ferrari. Don't forget to head over to freefilmbook.com. That's freefilmbook.com to download your free film audiobook from over or any audiobook for over 40,000 uh, audiobooks over at audible.com. So happy Thanksgiving, my gift to you guys. And this show is brought to you by indiefilmhacks.com. That's indiefilmhacks.com, which is our Guerrilla Indie Film School download over uh, almost seven hours of tutorials and videos uh, to help you guys on your filmmaking journey. So head on over. So guys, uh, today I have a real special guest, uh, Kiko Verlerde. And please, Kiko, forgive me if I mispronounced that last name. Kiko and I have been friends for years. He has been an editor um, for most of his career. He's a producer of one film that got to Cannes, the Cannes Film Festival, and took it by storm. Uh, and like he was literally broke one minute and he's still broke a can literally sleeping on a floor somewhere but he's the toast of the festival and then finally getting a shot to be on uh jay leno's youtube show uh, for jay leno's garage and just recently got picked up by cnbc making it the highest rated show on the channel's history and he's a producer on it as well so did i also mention that he's an award-winning director as well the man is truly remarkable Kiko has an amazing story. I wanted to bring him on the show to kind of inspire you guys to show you what can be done. He's one of the hardest working guys and one of the nicest guys I, uh, I know in the business. So without further ado, here's my interview with my main man, Kiko. Kiko, man, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I really appreciate taking the time out. I know you're a very, very busy uh, man. Oh, no problem, man. It's, it's my pleasure, man. Definitely. <laughs> Cool, man. So uh, we'll jump in. So, uh, you know, both you and I start off as editors um, and we still obviously edit as well. Uh, how do you think being an editor has prepared you uh, for what you're doing today in the in the business? You know what? I editing. I, I don't think I would have done it any differently. Like, you know, people try to always figure out, like, how do you break into the industry or what do you try to do or what can best prepare you? And I think an, being an editor was like the best way to start. You know, I started as an assistant editor 
Um, and I learned from other editors and stuff, but it, it just helped me develop my eye as a director and how I become more of an efficient director and producer as well. Um, you know, you know exactly what you're going to need. You, you learn what works and what doesn't from other films that you work on. Um, and I, I mean, being an editor was, was just one of those things where it just like, I think really rounded me out as a filmmaker. Like I, I, I was really rough around the edges and just working as assistant editor to an editor to editing anything, even when I, even editing weddings at quinceañeras when I was first coming up and <laughs> stuff like that. Like seriously, like it, it like you, you're, everything is about telling the story, you know, everything is, and, and being an editor, you're taking images and telling stories and working with timing. And it just like, I cannot tell you, like I always tell people what's the best way to start so editing. I always tell people start with editing, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think editing and writing are the two like strongest um, ways to 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 really get in because it, it's just um, it just really helps like form you as a filmmaker. Yeah, for me, I like for editing. I think as as opposed to writing, writing is an excellent way to get in, but writing yeah. is tough to make a, like a daily income with that. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's extremely yeah. tough. So when I that's why I jumped into editing too because it was like okay, I could I could be paing while I'm working on my craft or I can be editing and learning about my craft. Absolutely. So uh, it definitely it definitely kept my family afloat while uh while I was just trying to while we were struggling, you know, while yeah. we were trying to get my foot in the door. Like I tell you, quinceañeras and weddings, they pay well. <laughs> So we, we all we, I, look. I did demo reels, uh, you know, for a long time doing commercial yeah. demo reels. So I, I feel you, brother. Like you know, it's, and that's the thing. A lot of people they figure it out pretty quickly that it this is not an easy business. And then when you and I were coming up, it was a lot different environment than it is today. Oh yeah. I mean, when you and I were coming up, there was competition, but it wasn't like you know you you still had to go drive somewhere to edit. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't edit yeah. at home as easily. No, totally. Yeah, it was it totally totally like that. Yeah, you definitely. There wasn't as many in-home systems, and if you did, like if you did have your your home system, it wasn't as powerful as it is now. Like now, you can get a MacBook oh, and like geez. literally cut a feature on it. Back then, you had to have like servers and oh, like huge yeah. setup. And not and not to mention the software. I mean, the Avid software alone was like you know obscene until Final yeah. until Final Cut came out, which was my next question. Yes. You and I have both uh, we're Final Cut guys. I know you've cut on Avid as well, so have I. But you know, I think Final Cut was one of you know our go-to. Uh, and then ever since its demise, um, when it jumped to Final Cut X, I've played with Final Cut X a little bit, uh, you know, but it's it's not Final Cut Seven. What are, what are you editing on today? Yeah, it's a sensitive subject. I know, <laughs> I know, dude. It's like it's like you know, you're talking about my woman, you know. <laughs> I was a hardcore Final Cut disciple too, man. Like yeah, oh, yeah. Seven. I was like, I had the Bible of Apple, you know what I'm saying? Oh and yeah, was, no, no, we drank the Kool Aid, brother. We drank it. <laughs> I drank it, man. I, I was like, an, I was like, I was a, like a Final Cut alcoholic, man. I was like, all about it. <laughs> yep. But um, but you know, I, I switched over to Premiere. Oh, the P word. Oh wow. Yes, the dreaded P word. Yeah. Um, no, but Premiere's been great though. It's been really, really good. I um, it has its little quirks here and there, but um, but other than that, I've I've really enjoyed it. I've really, really enjoyed it. Oh, nice. Good. So yeah. I, I've kind of played with it a little bit. You know what I started editing on now? Uh, da Vinci. You know what? I have to dive into Da Vinci. I got to download that demo. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, I actually started because I've been a colorist for a while. So I've been yeah. on Da Vinci for a while. So when I saw the new editing software, I was like, well, this will do. How do you like it? 
I love it, man. It's like so it's it has kind of like best of both worlds. It has a little bit of the final cut and premiere time. It's timeline based, obviously, like everything else, but it's not as I movie ish as Mm. Final Cut X is. Um, So but it has a little bit of both. It's it puts its foot in both worlds, which I think is a nice blend. But it's but for me, like if you want a full blown uh, experience to, to master too. I mean, you know, color grading right into DaVinci and editing right there. You could do sound there. You could do a bunch of stuff. It's pretty powerful though. And it's, the price is right. Essentially, you can get it for free. When you buy a camera, right? No, no. You can get it for free, period. And then oh. if you want to do higher end stuff like 2K and 4K, you've got to pay. But ah. if not, you could download it for free, man. That's like, it's like a, it's like an app killer. Like, Oh, damn. Yeah, that's why DaVinci runs color grading. Like, because essentially everybody can download it for free. Yeah. Only those few little things they lock out of it for the money for the so you can, can do it. But overall, you ninety percent of the projects can run on it. So anyway, okay. two editors are going off on a tangent on editing gear. So let's move <laughs> let's let's move on. So um so uh, you uh you've been working on um uh, um, a web series uh, called Jay Leno's Garage. Uh, what's it like working and producing uh, on such a high-profile web series and then also working with a legend like Jay Leno? You know, working on that show has been, it's been a blessing, to be honest with you. It's, it's one of those things where uh, I kind of just fell into it. You know, I was working at NBC at the time. I was a struggling filmmaker trying to look for work. NBC was looking for a temp position for an assistant editor mm-hmm. uh, to edit these 30-second promotional clips for Days of Our Lives. And the, a friend of mine works there said, hey, you know, you want to you know, you come in and do this gig? You're way overqualified for this, but I know you need a job. You know, it's, you want to do it? And I kind of humbled myself, and I was like, I could have been like, no, nah, I'm, I'm uh, editor, producer, whatever. Right. But I was like, screw it. No, I need the money. So I went in there, and I did this little, like, uh, just cutting 30-second promo clips for Days of Our Lives. And then a month later um, – the producer for J Lo's Garage web series was leaving, and I threw my name in the hat, and I got in and um, started producing the show. And it it was one of those things where it was kind of I was kind of intimidating at first because I didn't know I'm not a car guy. I'm, uh, to be honest, <laughs> you are now. I'm assuming and now now I am, but yeah, but before I you know I drove my little Prius, and that was good enough for me, and that was it, you know, and right. And the Prius is a bad P word in the automotive industry. Like you say Prius and all the – if you're a car guy, you're like <laughs> Prius, you know? Yeah, yeah, but, um, that, that's fine. But you know what's sexy? Miles per gallon. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm all about. You know? Yeah, right? So, uh, you know, it took me a while. It was a little intimidating because I didn't know my cars. I didn't know anything. You know, a Corvette was a Corvette to me. I didn't know there was like classic Corvettes, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, working with Jay, you know, it was a little bit like, you know, when I first started, I, I had to kind of get up on my knowledge really quick. But, you know, working with Jay is great. He's such a good guy. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. 
At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com records. And now back to the show. Super knowledgeable. I mean, just working with him right away, you just realize the man's a human encyclopedia of, of the automotive industry. I mean, I've he heard. just knows so much and he's so inspiring where when you just talk to him, I mean, just the wealth of knowledge that comes out of him is just so amazing. He's just an overall nice guy, good down to earth guy. And like I always tell people, he's, he's, uh, he he spoils he spoils us as, as as producers and people we when we work with him because if I ever work for another celebrity it's going to be top to hard to 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 work with somebody else uh, other than Jay because Jay's just a no frills guy he's just a real down to earth you know genuine guy and then uh, now the show that's when you were when you were working on the show you started off as an editor or you jumped right in as a producer a predator. Oh, you were a predator. I was a producer, editor. Uh, it was a predator. So I was editing the shows. I still am. I still edit the shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started off just editing and then showing up on set and helping out on set and stuff like that. So I was I was a predator. And then I moved into supervising producer uh, where I'm at now. Oh, that's awesome. And then that's going to be on uh, CNBC, right? Yeah, it actually premieres tonight. Oh, uh, nice. CNBC, uh, 7 p.m. Uh, on CNBC, so yeah, we're really excited. It's a television show. It's completely different from the web series. You know, the web series is for like hardcore tech heads, like mm-hmm. gearheads. Okay. And the CNBC show is a little bit less gear heavy. It's more fun. Cars. Yeah, more fun. A little bit lighthearted. You get pull people in who are not car people. Mm-hmm. You pull them in, you get them hooked, and then you send them to the YouTube show so they can kind of get their deep, deep gearhead news. You know. So let me ask you a question. This is interesting to me. So. You have a new show, so basically you're creating a new show uh, for for the sh- for the CNBC, kind yes. of. Yes. Okay, so it's a new show that's going to be airing only on CNBC, uh, and then you aim them towards YouTube um, right. for the older shows, for the obviously the archives that you guys have, and then also new shows that are a lot more tech heavy. Yeah. Now, as uh, so, th- and this is all owned by NBC Universal. Yes. So it's interesting. So NBC is actually using YouTube. For I'm assuming advertising revenue and sponsorships and things like that, but it's kind of like that's a new paradigm I haven't seen before. Well, you know, it's kind of weird because I think it's the first time that this has ever happened where, like Jay's Garage on on YouTube, we have 1.4 million subscribers. So it was the first time like where all the social media and everything was already built up. So usually when you you have a show, you start a new show, you got to build a social media following, you got to do all that. By the time the show premieres, so you get the word out there. But this time, it was already all there. I mean, it, you know, we have a huge Twitter following, a huge Instagram following, and a huge YouTube following. So when we put the show together, it was one of those things where it was kind of a no-brainer. You got to kind of use whatever's already there to promote the show. You know? now, now, so the show, the so then obviously NBC 
approached you guys to say, hey, we want to put a show on CNBC uh, and kind of leverage all the stuff that you've been able to do online, essentially. Right. Right, exactly. So what happened was, you know, uh, about summer of 2014, we we hit that one million mark on YouTube. Million then, subscribers. Subscribers, yes. Wow. The one million subscriber mark, and that's when, uh, you know, NBC came to us and was like, "Hey, uh, you know, because we're part of the NBC digital department, they're kind of, hey, this might be make a pretty good TV show." So they approached Jay. Jay says, "Yeah, I'm for it," and we shot a pilot that summer, mm-hmm. and then uh, the pilot had the high ratings on cnbc it's ever had so that's why we got approved for eight episodes yeah okay so it's an eight episode run eight episode run for right now hopefully after tonight we'll see if we, we can get picked up for more nice that's that's yeah. that's very it's it's interesting like the new way television and movies and online have to kind of work together yeah you know it's 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 definitely a new era i mean you, you keep hearing about you know all these youtube stars getting picked up by caa and all these mm-hmm. Agencies and they're getting their own TV shows and stuff like that, you know. And it's kind of funny how, like Jay, um, you know, the YouTube show was going while he was on the Tonight Show. It's been going. The YouTube show's been around for ten years. Oh, really? Um, He's just yeah. been doing it for fun. He's been doing it for fun, but like it was on NBC.com, and then in 2013 we put it on YouTube, and it just exploded. Right. And at that point, when it was right around the good timing, because right when Jay was about to leave the Tonight Show, and then once he left the Tonight Show, it just blew up even more. And then after that, they were just like, you know, it's just one of those things where like people do that on YouTube all the time where they grow these shows into TV shows. And it just happened to be a perfect second launching vehicle for Jay. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, Jay's Jay and and, yeah. and he's retired. So he has he needs to have something to do at this point. And he's so passionate about it. Like when you watch the show, you will see like a different side of Jay. That's one thing everybody says when they watch the show. They're like, I've never seen him so passionate because everybody says, you know, when he was on this Tonight Show, he he was just kind of like, eh, yeah, celebrities. But yeah, what, he did it for 20. How many years did he do? 22 years. Yeah. 20, yeah. But now that now that he's a, um, you know, now he has this, this car show. I mean, you'll see he's really passionate. He's super knowledgeable. He's having fun. He's like a retired guy who's having fun with really fast cars. And it was kind of like what uh, Jerry Seinfeld did with um, uh, right. that show that he has. Oh, God, what's it called? Uh, the, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. Yeah, exactly. Great show. It's like It a, is a great brilliant, show. Brilliant show. But then really? th- isn't that being aired somewhere? I thought that was. I thought that's being aired somewhere now, too. I think uh, the channel picked it up I, or something. I know Crackle – yeah, Crackle picked it up, right? Yeah, Crackle has it. Um, but um, from what I was reading, I read a couple of reports. Jerry has a really interesting insight to that. Uh-huh. You know, they're, they're trying to put it on television. He won't do it because he says he'll lose his, lose his creative freedom, which I understand right. that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I definitely understand because when it comes to television, you have advertising, you know, parameters you got to stay around, and mm-hmm. you know, you got commercial breaks, and you definitely lose that freedom. Where YouTube, you have complete, com- like complete creative freedom you could do whatever you want and it's really up to you and you have this direct relationship with your audience which i've never experienced before and that's Mm -hmm. one thing i do love about youtube and which makes youtube like addicting is that once you start building your audience i mean you have a direct relationship you don't have nielsen numbers to deal with Mm -hmm. your 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 audience is literally telling you your stuff sucks or it's good or not i love you or i hate you whatever but it's like right there you're right there in their faces and it's a really really cool thing it makes it super addicting yeah absolutely no it's yeah that's the thing with all all kind of social media once you start building up a proper um a proper audience uh you have that interaction that's insane especially as a a creator as a as an artist 
Yeah. And, and, and they show your love and then pretty soon advertisers start saying, oh, wow, you know, this guy has huge YouTube following. Let me start advertising. And it's it's like it's a whole – it's the future. Like I've always felt like YouTube, the this whole online streaming, everything that we're doing right now, it's mm-hmm. the future of, of, our, of the entertainment industry. It's just the entertainment industry needs to just embrace it more and just accept it and, and figure out how they can make it cutting edge, you know? I mean because essentially it's going to be like a guy like Jay – who mm-hmm. obviously is a legend and a powerhouse in what he does, um, could easily just, you know, even without NBC, finance the whole thing himself, create yeah. his own show and have his own thing. And basically, and then he can have a series of different shows yeah. on his YouTube channel. And it's all Jay. And Jay's the last end of it. And and I think that's where the future is. Everyone's going to be their own little studios. Uh, yeah, absolutely. If they know how to deal with social media, know how to create that that following then uh and i think it's a great time for independent filmmakers uh and creators uh like with web series and films and tv shows and other things like that so it's really interesting uh, i would just i really wanted to get you on the show because i wanted to kind of hear your dynamic about what's going on with that kind of show and now this is just a selfish question how was it winning an emmy <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's it's been cool man it's been a really really cool experience you know uh, the year i joined the show is the year that we won an emmy and it was just crazy i happened to get on the show the same year and it was one of those things where it's like i can't believe this is happening like literally the year before i was struggling for money i was struggling to like right. find a job right and then a year later i'm at the emmys and i'm like what is going on you know right right, right. um but it's it's crazy man it's 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 an honor and we've been nominated three years after that oh, so awesome. i got nominated for three years in a row and it's just like every year you're just like whoa like it's an honor just to be nominated you know and be amongst those other great shows that are out there it's just it's just crazy it's just uh a once in a lifetime experience, you know. But you have, but but uh, so, and actually, being at the show must have been just surreal. Oh man, it was crazy. It's like you look around and you got like Brian Cranston right there. Right. Like, uh, I met Steven Soderbergh, which was crazy. I'm a huge Steven Soderbergh fan, and sure, I, sure. And he was like right there at the bar, and I was like staring at him, and he probably thought I was some crazy stalker, but I was like, you know, he's like some six foot three Mexican just staring at him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is rare as a as a general statement. There's not a lot of six foot three Mexicans out there, let alone staring at Steven Soderbergh. So, <laughs> I, I, seriously, I was staring at him. He looked at me. He's like, "How you doing?" I'm like, "I'm good, man." I just want to tell you, I'm a, I'm a big fan. He's like, "Oh, cool, thanks." You know, but, but security. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just like one of those things where it was just insane. Like, I, I people were just like people you've watched on television, producers, directors. I, I was sitting there doing shots with with an Emmy Award winning director from from um, House. I was like, he's like, oh, what's your name? I'm Kiko. I, I do J Lo's. Oh, I love J Lo's Garage. What do you show to you? I direct House. I just won an Emmy. He showed me his Emmy. I was like, what? It was just like crazy. <laughs> we were doing shots together. It's it's just awesome, man. It was a really awesome experience, and I was glad I was able to take my wife. My wife went to the the Emmys with me one year, and it was, it was good times. Yeah. Oh, that must have been awesome. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now back to the show. Yeah. So, um, so what advice do you have for someone wanting to start up a web series nowadays? Oh man, there's so much, <clears throat> so much I, advice I could give them. Um, a couple of nuggets. One, I one thing I could say is if you're going to build a web channel or a YouTube channel, um, plan it out. Really think about what you're going to shoot, what your content is, who's your audience, who who you're trying to target. Mm-hmm. And have a clear understanding of that. And even when it comes down to like creating your logo, your little thumbnail picture on mm-hmm. YouTube, all that, all that has to be thought out because once you come up with a vibe and a look and a, and, a, and your your brand, um, you got to stick to it because YouTubers they love um, what do you call that? Um, they don't like change. And once they see something, they want to hold on to it. And you got to make sure you come through. So even with your shows, when you come out, consistency, you have to come out every week. If you're going to be a weekly show, you better come out with a show every week and be ready to put out a show every week. If you come out and you miss a week here or there, or you miss you know, a month here or there, they're going to forget about you and move on. Uh, if you're consistent, you will build your audience. And it takes a while. You got to be patient. Uh, I know people are expecting big YouTube fame right out of the gate, but some of these people have been running the YouTube channels two or three years before they really explode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just got to be ready and be willing and committed to doing that, um, to, to putting out a show every week or every day, whatever you want to do. But every week would probably be a little bit more feasible. And just make make sure you just know how to target your, your audience and who you're trying to, to target, you know? Very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Now, um... The Shooting Star Salesman, which was your directorial debut, how was it transitioning from being a predator to being a director? Well, actually, I did the Shooting Star Salesman before I started working at NBC. Actually. Oh, there you I, go. Yeah, I, I actually directed that film before. Um, like, it's funny because as soon as I was done directing that film, I was broke. And I mean, <laughs> so six months later. It's the, it's the I, way it works, sir, as being an independent filmmaker. Second, you're done with your movie, you're broke. It's totally true, man. I was broke. I was struggling. Like, <laughs> all my, you know, we raised the money on Kickstarter, but we blew through that money. I was like, literally just had that movie sitting on a hard drive because I couldn't afford to finish it. And I literally looked, I was looking for a job. I was desperate. And that's when I, I ended up getting on to NBC. So actually my first couple of years at NBC, uh, I would get off of work and go home and work on the shooting star salesman. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. so how was your transition though, from being an editor to being, uh, to being, what was your directorial kind of uh, experience like being your first time director on that project? 
It was, you know what? It was one of those things where, you know, I, I produced a couple other films, uh, and, you know, feature films, and I've got to work with a really great director and worked with other great people in the industry. And I've got to kind of shadow people and see how, you know, they direct and how they do stuff. So, you know, when I started directing, it was nerve wracking because I didn't want to screw it up. I, I, directing The Shooting Star Salesman was my goal was to prove that I can direct and I could tell a story. Um, and it was one of those things where it was nerve wracking, but it was felt, it felt good. It felt, um, like that's where I was supposed to be, you know? Right. Um, and, um, and it was amazing, man. I had so much fun. I had a great team. Uh, and it was, it was, it was a complete adventure, man. And I had a great time doing it. It was, it was, it was a breath of fresh air. Now, when you were, um, once the movie was finally done, uh, what was your experience like kind of marketing it and getting it, getting, getting some attention for the project? Yeah, man, that was hard. Yeah. Really, really hard. The first year, uh, I like that you just started that conversation, that that sentence like that. The first year of marketing. (laughs) The first year, yeah, it was the first year of us putting it out there. Like it, 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 it was practically like we're begging people to watch it. Like, right. please watch our film. You're going to festivals, submitting it to festivals and stuff, and and it just wasn't getting any traction. I mean, I think I submitted to over fifty festivals, and I only uh, got into two. Oh wow! Wow! Really? Yeah, I got turned down left and right. It was bad. It was. But why? It's a good film, and it's it it it, it seems like it would be it would fit beautifully in a schedule, like so you can program it nicely. No, no, man. I, I we got turned down from so the, the first festival to ever accept me, and it was after almost a year of submitting it. Uh-huh. Was the New York Latino the HBO sure. Latino Film Festival? They were the first ones to take me, and. Uh, before that, I was getting turned down left and right, and I was kept. You know, you start questioning yourself as a as an artist. You're like, dude, do I suck? Like, <laughs> am I delusional here? Does my film suck? And I'm thinking it's 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 good, but it really sucks, right? And it was one of those things where it was so depressing. And then when the New York Latino Film Festival took it, I was like, okay, good, good. There's hope, you know, right? And then um, it was just one of those things where I had to figure out another way of doing it, of getting it out there. You know, and, you know, you, you could create a trailer and put it out there, but it, it's, you know, there's so many films out there, so many short films that, like, it's hard for people to sit there and watch it, like, have to sit there and want to watch it or be a part of it. So it, it took a little while. It took me, like, making, I made a behind the scenes making of it. Mm-hmm. That helped out a little bit. People got interested because once they started seeing the behind the scenes. Like, it was oh, beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I, they were like, yeah, maybe I will want to watch this film. So it was it was doing a lot of that. And then also, too, I started doing – once Instagram started taking videos, I started doing um, micro trailers. Okay. 15-second so, trailers. 50-second trailers. And then if a festival accepted me and I knew we were going to screen at the festival, I'd put their festival logo at the end just to put it out there so people – like not only you're branding your, your film, but you're branding the festival, too. And you're like, hey, you know. And they appreciated that. So stuff like that, you know, I just started doing it and it started spreading the word. Programmers started talking to each other like, hey, you got to see this film, The Shooting Star Salesman. And that's the thing. You really got to get programmers to watch your films because they may not accept your film into their festival, mm-hmm. but they talk to other programmers. Right. And, they, and they're, they're like, hey, you know, so-and-so programmer, you should watch this film. I, I didn't have it in my festival. I wanted to for whatever reason. I couldn't put it in, but you should consider it. And then they say – Oh yeah, I love this film. Let's program it, and then they reach out to you. So it's really about getting programmers to watch it and getting them to talk about your film because that's how you definitely start getting the buzz. Very cool. Now, now, how was it working with such a ridiculously amazing cast like Yancy, uh, Arias, uh, Jason Getrick, and uh, Sydney Portier? 
Oh, man, Yancey was amazing. Uh, yeah. Yancey's just, first of all, a, a, a Yancey's the man. Just, just to say it. Let's just say it. He's the man, dude. He's such an amazing talent, um, both in just acting and then, you know, directing and producing, too. He's really, really an inspiration. Mm-hmm. And he, working with him was so great, man. He, he trusted me. I mean, it was my first time directing. And he was, you know, he has a resume that's amazing. And, and for him to say, yeah, I trust you as my director, I was like, whoa, you know, like it, that was an honor. And him working with my son, because my son started in the film, mm-hmm. um, it was just one of those things where he just, like, they just got along, like, as buddies and they just worked together so well. Yes, he kind of, you know, took him under his wing, you know, as I was, you know, trying to prep Elijah. He helped out with me prepping Elijah. And he just, you know, Yancey just dove into the character. He did his homework. He'd call me every night and be like, hey, you know, ask certain questions about the character. He stu- I mean, for being a short film, this is not a feature film. This is not a studio film whatsoever. This is complete independent. And he just did his homework. He mm-hmm. studied. He was really fascinated by the character. And he just he just did his own homework on it and, and took um, chances on stuff that I didn't even think about that worked out perfectly. So it was a complete honor to work with him. And then, of course, he he brought on, you know, um, Sydney Tamia Portier and Jason Gedrick, who are both amazing to work with, too. Sydney, you know, she would do little subtle stuff that I didn't notice until post. That was mm-hmm. like, brilliant. Like, you know, she would do certain things and say her line a certain way or, or look at Elijah or Yancey a certain way. And I was like, wow, that's brilliant. That says a lot without saying anything, you know? And she was great. It was, uh, you know, like when I saw when I watched the movie and I saw Jason in it, I was like, you know, my one of my favorite movies growing up was uh, The Heavenly Kid. Oh yes, dude, dude, that movie, and of course Rooftops. But that's now I'm now I'm going now I'm going really really well, far Iron back. Iron Eagle, bro. Oh well, of course Iron Eagle. How can Iron we forget Eagle. about Iron Eagle one and two? Dude. But uh, but Heavenly Kid, man, I freaking loved yes. Heavenly Kid growing up. So when I saw him, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's like yeah. we geek out that way. Um, so what advice would you give a young director uh, about to direct seasoned and experienced actors? Because I know a lot of you know, independent directors, a lot of times they're either using, you know, you know, or working with, uh, you know, actors who are not that seasoned or young or their friends. And then when you work with a real professional, there is a shift because that's what happened yeah. with me. I mean, I, when I directed my stuff, I directed mostly, you know, young direct, uh, young actors who I'd never, but then when, the second I started working with real professional and seasoned actors, the game changes. So what advice would you give uh, to a young director working with some seasoned and experienced actors for the first time? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free and Anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now, back to the show. Uh, working with, with a seasoned actor, I would say, like, keep an open mind. I know a lot of times you walk in there as a director and you have your vision and you have what you want to do in a scene. Um, but, you know, I, I, I love to keep my set like open and collaborative. And when you do that, an actor really appreciates that. And I think working with Yancey, he made a lot of suggestions where, you know, I could have been like, no, this is the way I want to do it. And that's it, you know, but yeah. I heard Yancey out and I said, you know what? We have time. Let's 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 keep our options open. Let's shoot it the way you saw it, and I want to shoot it the way I shot. I shot. I saw it, and then let's see what happens in the editing room. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, it's really about you know film. Like I, I think any type of film lives lives stronger when it's a collaborative environment. Mm-hmm. And if you if you become an iron fist and say no, this is my this is the way I want to do it, and that's it, and then you're 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 choking your film. You know, so very, it's very good advice. Uh, it's actually yeah. really, really good advice. Um, so, wh- how did you get involved producing um, those two feature films that you did, uh, PVC One and, please pronounce it for me. Oh, um, Metroa. Metroa. You see, you had a problem too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, both of those were nominated uh, for in Cannes and Berlin Film Festival. So, how did you get involved with those, and what was the experience producing uh, those kind of films? Uh, well, PVC One was the first feature film I ever produced, and that film. What happened was uh, it, it's a crazy story, but I was working at Apple at the time, teaching Final Cut Pro. Of course, because you drank the Kool Aid. I got you. I drank the Kool Aid. You know, yeah. I had to run it through an IV. Right. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I was teaching Final Cut Pro, and I ran into an old high school <clears> friend of mine I hadn't seen in like 15 years. And he comes in, and he's like, "What are you up to these days?" I said, "I'm a filmmaker." He goes, "Oh, I am too." He goes, "So we exchange business cards." And then three weeks later, he calls me, and he's like, "Hey," he goes, "I have a friend I went to film school with. This guy named Speedos." He's like this crazy director. When you meet him, he said he's short and he has hair like Einstein. His hair is like sticking straight up. So he says this guy's really – he's a brilliant director, but he has this film he wants to do and he needs help with post-production. He needs producers and I'm thinking about producing it, but I want to meet with him and I think maybe you might want to be involved. And I was like, sure. So I met with this director. I met with my high school buddy and, my, and this director and he had this idea about shooting this film in one shot, 85 minutes about this woman in Colombia who had a bomb strapped to her neck. Wait a minute, is this hold on a second. Is this that is this that movie? Yeah. The, is this, this is the movie that I heard about that they did the whole thing in <clears throat> and won it won like an award account, a technical award because it did the whole thing in one shot? Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow, man. I yeah. I, I didn't rem- I didn't connect the two. Yeah. That thing was huge. I, I mean everybody was talking about that movie because of what he because of what he did. That was like yeah. an insane movie. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, literally, we shot the film for $4,000. Speedos went to Columbia, shot the film. One shot, came, brought it back here to the U.S. We did all the post-production. and we, Post-production meaning what? Looking at it and doing audio. <laughs> basically, you know, you know, unfortunately, it was so humid in Columbia when we shot it. And we shot it on the DVX 100, on the mini DV tape. Oh, Jesus Christ. And, and it's when the 85-minute DVX tapes came out, remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
we literally took it to the end of the tape. And um, by the time he got the tape back, it was so humid that the tape started like um, coming apart, like basically like uh, getting molds. So there's a lot of parts in the film that like got digital hits. Uh So we had to go in there and clean it up and rebuild pixel by pixel those those images mm-hmm. um and also too it was a lot of sound design okay yeah a lot a lot of sound design since it was one shot there's really no editing right or you know adjusting exposure throughout the film and doing the color correction gotcha. and, and doing the sound design so yeah so we did the film and then i took it around try to get around hollywood try to get people to see it and people watched it and wanted to go straight to dvd we told me we want to go to cons everybody laughed in our face right said no way you guys can be able to go to cons there's no way so we ended up taking the film back and we submitted ourselves and we got into cons and we got nominated and did you um did you go to con yes how was that amazing <laughs> it was just as amazing as i thought it would be even more now you're still broke during this time right oh hella broke yeah okay. <laughs> Yeah, I was working for Apple, but I mean, I was getting paid. I mean, I was getting like nine hundred dollars every two weeks nice. to try to support my my wife and my kids. You know, Jesus, man, yeah, that's craziness. But, but you're like, hey, I'm a kid. <laughs> I had to take out a loan to go, man. I remember we took I took out a loan for five grand to go to cons for two weeks. Jesus, man. And we all slept in this small apartment in cons. We all like slept on the floor while oh. we were there. So and, very, very, uh, very luxurious. Yeah, I mean, seriously, like, literally, we walked the red carpet, come back, and then go to bed, sleep on the floor. Like, it was crazy. But it was, it was like, the best experience of my life, man. I mean, um, God, who, who's the guy, the, the guy who directed uh, Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man? Mm, you know, Sam Raimi? Sam Raimi. Hmm? He, we were sitting in the Hollywood Reporter tent, right? And we're, you know, all the hustle and bustle, like, all these agents were, like, pulling at us. And, oh, yeah, we want to sign you, we want to sign you. So we're sitting there, and this man comes up to us and says are you the PVC one guys? And we're like, yeah. He goes, I'm a huge fan. Congratulations. I watched your film on the plane ride over. I can't wait to see what you guys do next. And he shook our hands and he walked away. I had no clue who he was. My executive producer was like, do you know who that was? I'm like, no, he goes, that's Sam Remy. I'm like, what? I had no clue. Sam Remy came up to us and just gave us so much love and so much praise. And I just didn't even realize that was him. Cause it was just so many people, so much hustle bustle around. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. That's awesome, dude. That's a great story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, really crazy. So, um, uh, so, the, so uh, let me ask you uh, another question. Why do you love the business? What, 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 what is it about this ridiculously unpredictable lunacy that is the film business? Why do you love it so much? I think I love, at the end of the day, telling stories, man. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, it's really being able to to create images and to tell stories is my passion. I I, I can't see myself doing anything else, you know. Um, I I can't see myself being like a, a teacher. I can see myself being a, a police officer. I, I I'm passionate about telling stories, getting in there and just really beautifully telling the story, um, and 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 working with a, a creative team and and doing that. I mean, at the end of the day, I just love that. You know, I, I, I breathe it, I eat it. I love being a part of it, you know, just, just, you know, I, I think as a kid, I was always fascinated by Steven Spielberg movies and how they do this and how to do that. And now to be the person creating those worlds and those images, mm-hmm. it's like, it's awesome, you know? It is. It's, uh, uh, you know, and I'm sure all of us, I think every filmmaker at one point or another has that question, that has that conversation with themselves like, do I continue? 
Do yeah. I do I do I keep going? Is this worth it? Uh, should I change course? Uh, I I don't know about you. Have you had that conversation with yourself? Oh my god, I've had that conversation with my wife. <laughs> Which is much worse, like, which is much worse than having it with yourself. And my wife is like, like she's like Sharon Moonstruck. She slaps me and is like, snap out of it, you know? <laughs> well, a Moonstruck reference, nice. Yeah, yeah. So she, she, um, you know, my wife's been so supportive and, and I wouldn't be here without her because she's been definitely my my rock and my foundation because there's so many times where I just wanted to quit. I mean, from, from just projects not turning out the way I wanted them mm-hmm. to turn out and getting like, you know you know, just not getting the reaction I wanted to, to just having bad, you know, you know, fallouts with, with crew or with team people you work with and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's one of those things where you just like, ah, you need so many ups and downs. It's definitely a roller coaster ride working in this business. And, and, and it's, it's definitely, you know, one of those, I've, I've had many, many conversations where do I really want to keep doing this? Is this really worth it? Am I, you know, am I too old? Am I too young? Am I too old oh, to be doing this? Yeah. It's like that that kind of thing because it, it is a young man's game. Um, it is. But, it is and it isn't. It, yeah, it is and it isn't because I, I think that you know the young is great and they have experience that you and I never did. Like they grew up with this stuff. They've been editing since they were ten. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. So it's different, yeah. but there's something to be said about experience. There is. There really, 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 really is. Yeah. And, and and I think a lot of these. Um, these kids coming up, I mean, they're super talented, but there's something about having life experiences that yeah. adds an extra depth to your, your your films. Not only that, just not only life experience to like make you more a flavorful as an artist, but yeah. uh, but just business experience, the film business experience, which is yeah, you know, you could be a fantastic artist, but this this business will eat you up and oh, spit yeah. you spit you out without question. I mean, like I, I've had that conversation with myself. A million times, literally, like, okay, I gotta. I, I don't know if I'm gonna keep going. I don't know if I'm gonna keep going. And yeah. then, and then, the only answer I've ever come up with, like, so what are you gonna do? Yeah, that's the like. Okay, what? Well, what else? What are you gonna go do? Get a job where? What do you? What are you gonna do if you can't do this? So, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now back to the show. That's Honestly, this is the only thing I've been good at. Like I have friends who are good at like like cooking. I have friends who are good at like fixing cars or fixing up cars. I have friends that are just amazing at all kinds of different stuff. I have friends who are great lawyers, great this and that, mm-hmm. and mathematicians and whatever. But when it, I, I this is the only even video games. I have friends who are like brilliant at playing video games, and which is a profession nowadays. Which it, is, it is, is a hilarious. Profession. Yeah, 
I can. Uh, this is the only thing I'm good at. This is the only thing where I could. Uh, I got a story. I can shoot it. I can edit it. I can make it gorgeous. It's the only thing I've ever been good at. So you're 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 obviously working on Jay uh, Jay Leno's uh, um, show right now. Now, right. are you going to be doing any more uh, feature work, independent work, uh, shorts? Are you going to be directing again anytime soon? Oh well, yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm working on another short right now. I'm trying to get together, and I'm actually. Uh, just got attached to my first feature film. Oh, great! Yeah, so we're just waiting for the funding, but I'm 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 attached to it. Nice, nice. Yeah. Congrats, man! Congrats. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Hey, man. I I know. Look, I know the I know how that game is played too. So, yeah. so uh, yeah. Congrats. Right. Um. So, uh, this is the toughest question I'm going to ask you the entire interview. Okay. Prepare yourself. Okay. What are your top three favorite films of all time? Oh. <laughs> No particular order, whatever tickles your fancy at the moment. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's so hard. I get every 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 guest of mine does the exact same. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's one film. Um, there's 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 many films, but uh, gosh, that's that's a hard one. Yeah, they, yeah don't worry. It's not going to be engraved on your gra- gravestone or something. Don't worry. Whatever. Just pick three films that really did something to you. But it's so it's so like subjective because like you know you, you there's so many filmmakers out there like let's see what he speaks let's see what he says you know you, look I'll tell you what look I, I had a I have a friend of mine Suki who was a guest on the show he was uh, he's a cinematographer he's at the ASC and I asked him that question and I was expecting like you know this really deep you know Russian he's a Bosnian uh, he's from Bosnia so I was expecting some really obscure he said Enter the Dragon. Um, and I think like another, like, I forgot the other, but Enter the Dragon stuck out to me. I'm like, Enter the Dragon? Don't get me wrong. Enter the Dragon's a freaking awesome movie. He goes, but that movie affected me as a filmmaker because when I saw it as a child, it, it kind of blew me away. Yeah. So don't get caught up. Like you have to say Citizen Kane. (laughs) <laughs> don't you know, whatever whatever like it i've I've heard from all my guests i hear that's why i love asking the question because yeah. it's just like what you know obviously we all know that there's certain movies that are on everybody's top 10 but what affected you as an artist so just three i remember i, I could say one of the films i'll say right now that I remember watching, and it left me with such a huge impact. It left me with a kick in my stomach. I remember when I left the theater, I felt like I felt like literally somebody kicked me in the stomach. Um, was do the right thing? Oh wow! Yeah, Spike Lee. I remember seeing that in the theater when I was I was probably a freshman in high school, Ooh, and that I was... walked out, and I was like, "Holy moly!" Like I, I I walked out like thinking, like I can't breathe right now. Like I was like that was just so heavy, you know? Right, right. Uh, do the right thing. I could definitely say it's one of them that really affected me. That really, I think, showed me the power of film. Um, you know, the thing about "Do the Right Thing" too is that it was so good that people still go to see Spike Lee, Spike Lee movies in hopes that one day, yeah, he'll make another "Do the Right Thing" or something yeah. of that. Because he's never made anything of that caliber again. I mean, he's a great. Don't get me wrong; he's an amazing yeah. filmmaker. But that's his Citizen Kane. That's oh, absolutely. That's that absolutely. thing. He's never been able to reach that again. Uh, and that's the film I watch, and I smile when I watch it because there's so many great things in that movie, like so just the writing and then the, the directing and the, mm-hmm. the performances. And so many young like actors, great actors oh. in that film. Oh God, yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing. Good, good choice. Yeah, yeah. So, so do the so, right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably say uh, Full Metal Jacket. Oh, I'm a huge Stanley Kubrick fan. 
huge, yeah. huge, huge. Well, Metal thing. Jacket was definitely one of the ones that like I remember as a kid, and then um, up high, uh, you know, ET. Yeah. That was the one that got started. That one's the one that started it for me. That was the first time I ever thought of yeah. being a filmmaker was after E.T. Yeah, E.T. was a whole experience. I mean, anything Spielberg at that time when I was a kid was just oh, like, it's, it's almost like the same excitement J.J. Abrams is building with the Star Wars right now. It's like, hard. Like, yeah. Like kids, are that's all they're talking about right now. Star Wars premiere, December 18th. I remember any time a Spielberg movie was coming out in the 80s, that was like the same thing, you know? Well, yeah, he, I mean, after after Raiders, I think because yeah. you know, I mean, Jaws was Jaws, and then yeah, Close Encounters. But Raiders is the one that kind of blew the door open for for our generation, like for yeah. f- that kind of adventure kind of stuff. Yeah, totally. And then yeah, ET, and then it just and it just went from there. And then he does like Color Purple, and we're like, what? Yeah, which exactly. is a, which is a great movie, but not exactly. kid friendly. <laughs> I went to go see the color purple. I remember they have that same feeling. Which is the color purple? Thinking, oh man, it's gonna be adventure. It's gonna be da, 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 da. Oh and then like, all of a sudden, there's just Whoopi Goldberg up there. And like, like, what's going on, Oprah? Oprah, what's yeah. going on, Oprah? Yeah, like, what's why? Why are you so upset? Why is Danny Glover so angry? Yeah, I'm mad at Whoopi, Oprah. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, very cool, man. So let me ask you, where can people find you and find uh, what you're working on? Um, you know, they could kind of keep up with what I'm working on my website, KikoVelarde.com, K-I-C-O-V-E-L-A-R-D-E.com. And they could check out some, you know, behind the scenes making of my film and, um, you know, more news on my film uh, at the shootingstarsalesman.com. Oh, very cool. And then obviously Jay's show. Jay's show, JayLeonsGarage.com. You can watch that on YouTube, the YouTube channel, subscribe. You can subscribe to the channel and get weekly updates on all our, our shows and then, um, you know, NBC.com as well. How many archived episodes do you guys have of that, that, of that show? Uh, we have about 1,200 episodes. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. So you guys are getting views left and right. People are just yeah. continuously finding stuff. It's crazy, dude. We're averaging right now about 250,000 views a week on our new videos. So it's it's crazy. It's like it's just getting massive, massive views. And it's just growing. It's like like right now everybody's on YouTube calling us the best car show on YouTube, which is an honor because there's so many great car shows out there. Sure, sure. Of course, of course. Yeah. That's so awesome, man. Yeah. Kiko, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I really, really appreciate you well, taking the time out, man. Well, thank you, Alex. Thanks, man. Man, Kiko really inspired me. Uh, I hope you guys got a bunch out of that one because Kiko's like, I guess, like as you guys can tell, he's one of the nicest guys in the business. I all the success he's got, he's he's he deserves all the success he gets, and he has, man. Um, he's busted his ass for years, uh, and he's come up on top right now. So, I I wish him nothing but the best, and I hope it serves as an inspiration to you guys that um, sometimes this business, well, not sometimes, pretty much all the time, it's brutal, it's tough, it's tough to make it in this business, it's tough to make be able to serve, to make money in this business to provide for your family. I mean, he was sleeping on the floor. And just like Kiko, man, you you know, he took that little job doing like really, you know, promos for NBC online and it was like really beneath his skill set and where he was. But you never know what that can turn into. And look what it turned into. It turned into a few months later, it turned into a job on Jay Leno's show and all of a sudden he's at the Emmys. He's the producer on the show and all of that came from humbling himself down to the point where he had to do what he had to do to make it to survive and thrive in the business. So if you just keep pounding the pavement, if you just keep honing your craft and keep trying and keep pushing forward, good things come out of it. And Kiko is a perfect example of that. So 
keep those heads up. All right, guys. Uh, don't forget to head over to filmmakingpodcast.com, filmmakingpodcast.com, and leave us an honest review for the show. Thank you guys again so much for all your support on the show. So please spread the word if you can. Also, guys, if you want the show notes for this show, head over to IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash 027. Thanks again for listening, guys. Have a happy, happy, happy Thanksgiving. Keep your dream alive. Keep that hustle going. And gobble, gobble, gobble. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to the Indie Film Hustle podcast at IndieFilmHustle.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-F-I-L-M-H-U-S-T-L-E.com. 